hub, and spoke. Audio Collective. I'm Ralph Seven. Hi. Hi. I'm Tamara Vishai. Tamara. Oh, Tamara. Did I like Tamara and Tamara and Tamara creeps through this petty pace from day to day? <laughs> exactly. My name, the S T E A capitals, and then the small M A N. I used to sign my name Stead, and and my mother said, "Are you ashamed of your name?" And I said, well, "Not really, Mum. I'm, I'm all right." Well, what's wrong with Steadman? So I half-heartedly put the M A N on the end. You know, That's I was wondering that. that actually. I was debating yeah. whether or not that was a good question to ask. Why the man was always in lowercase? Yeah, well, that's exactly how it happened. Yeah, I, I remember to... how old I was when I first learned how to spell my own last name because it's a, it's kind of a complicated ethnic name, Abishai, and yeah. it was a real, it was a real achievement. It felt like a real victory. Yeah. Okay, well, well, shall we just jump in? Yeah, so, so really, I think I should say at first, I realize I've become a bit of a pictorial polluter. What do you mean by that? I mean, I mean exactly that, you know, perhaps nobody wants to look at my work at all, and all I do is keep filling pages with this stuff. It's, you know, it's interesting. I, I always, um, when I go to different um, museums in different cities, it seems, I remember when I was, you know, kind of doing my, my backpacking through Europe thing after college, yeah. and I couldn't understand at first why there seemed to be a Picasso museum in every city I went to. And I realized yeah. that the output that he had yeah. is what makes him the artist he was you know I yeah. mean, and my mom is an artist i i've seen how much of the doing is the work yes. and not just the work itself at the end of the day yes do you know oh. the three three i'm planting a number now it's a 347 that's it the 347 suite of picasso that's it's 347 pictures all in one series of pictures of his so I always thought what I would do, I'll make it 400 and I'll do 400. <laughs> I never, never did. It was just an idea to, to uh, take him on because I did think the world of him, you know. And him and Marcel Duchamp, you couldn't stop thinking about what he was doing and how he was um, confusing people almost by the, the work that he was putting out. Mm-hmm. I've always found, felt that you couldn't help but think for, about it. Yeah. So my introduction to your work actually wasn't through uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which I think a lot of people of my generation um, tended to come to you. I know when I was telling people that I was interviewing you, uh, that was the first thing that came to mind. Um, oh. But I actually first saw your work with the illustrated Animal Farm from 1995. Oh, Animal Farm, oh yes. And uh, my dad bought it for me around the time of my bat mitzvah. <laughs> so oh, to give right. you a sense of kind of the, the intellectual yeah, priorities right. in my house. Yeah. Um, I was about 12 yeah. and I was obsessed with that book. I was so drawn to those drawings and so repulsed by them 
and I kind well, by of by the drawings who yeah. are repulsed by the drawings. Ah, I just there was the way that they the I mean we'll we'll talk more about this and and your style, but it they just they they frightened me. And oh, one of sorry. the um, no no thank you. It I mean <laughs> it, it introduced me to what illustration could be. Oh um, yeah. But one of the first images that really stayed with me was the portrait of George Orwell. Um, oh, yes. Where his, his... With rats around his yes. neck. Yes, well, that's exactly it. it. This was the one that was in the book, the, the rats around his neck and, and the blood yes. dripping down his shirt. I and, don't know why I did that, but there we are. Well, that was actually where I wanted to start. I mean, when you draw somebody's portrait, which you do, I mean, this is yes. so much a part of your body of work. Yeah. Where do you start? Is it is it their body or their soul? Kind of their likeness or, or their the body or the soul? Um, I start with the rat. <laughs> I, know, I start with the rat. I, th I think there's something about the world we live in that threatens. Mm -hmm. That I feel the I feel a threat around us, mm -hmm. and particularly this year. Yeah. And I think that's what I, I'm actually trying to ward it off by drawing the the subject or the object of my the subject of my object you know the, what i'm trying to do mm -hmm. i you see people say do you start with a do you use a pencil i said no i go straight in you see with a pen and they said but don't you make a mistake and i said there's no such thing as a mistake a mistake is only only an opportunity to think of do something else mm -hmm. And so, so that's how it goes. And it, it, in some ways, it concentrates my attention span, you know, doing something. That I know that I'm doing something and it will emerge from whatever marks I'm putting down, you know, what I'm trying to do. But there's, because there's another thing I've been doing of late or in the last couple of years, it's dirty water technique. And I pour some of the water I wash pens and brushes out in onto a sheet of paper that's on the floor on a sheet of absorbance so that it doesn't go all over the floor <laughs> and and it's amazing what you what effects you get and in fact the the dirtier the smellier the water if it's old water the more interestingly the textures a bit appear as the thing dries yeah. think Incredible, and I wouldn't be able to paint those things. Yeah. They're, they're there on the, in the accident of the splat. Yeah. And so that's a way of drawing that I've been using in the last uh, year or two. You know, maybe yeah, three you years. Describe that in the book as as embracing the accidental. Yes, that is indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so this is actually a, a larger question: the difference between illustration and. <laughs> I guess if you want to say fine art, I mean, I have. Uh, I know there's all that to take. Yeah, in. I have these like awful art history definitions, and yeah. I was trying to suss it out that maybe fine art would be kind of working out problems within an artistic movement, and illustration is more about speaking to the moment at hand, and yeah. and often kind of getting out of the way of the message. Um, and I'm thinking about about um, you know, John Hartfield, the, the yes. Weimar photo montagist, he yeah. said that um, the goal of his work was to make itself obsolete. And so you have that, 
that idea that illustration is almost narrating or responding to, but not necessarily about the artistry itself. Yes. But, but your work does feel timeless. I mean, I, I feel like I, I can go through this work and I feel a lot of the kind of intensity and the, mm-hmm. the fire of the 60s. And the, but even now, I mean, portraits that you've done of, of Trump, of Sarah Palin, I mean, oh, like, yeah. like moments that I've lived through. And I'm thinking about kind of finding the artistry of illustration maybe collapsing those two terms. Do you, uh, what do you see what you do? Uh, do you think I'm perhaps, I'm drawn towards the awful and the unspeakable and, and I, I'm quite interested in seeing how that emerges, you know. Mm-hmm. I think the worse people are, the more I try to make them, not, not give them longer noses for the sake of it, but it's something to do with the way they grimace or do something, you know, in the way they... Do you know I haven't drawn Biden? Hmm. I, don't know, I don't know whether I want to, actually. I've just got a feeling he's too nice. He's a, you know, he's really... He's the complete opposite of, uh, of Trump. Yeah. You know, I was wondering that when I was looking at your Breaking Bad drawings. I oh, yes, like, I did those, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, as somebody who's watched that series probably three or four times all the way through now. I'd never heard of it when the first get, when I was the first asked to do it. I had to see it. My wife and I sat down and watched three episodes a night, you know. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, I, I would imagine that Jesse would be harder to draw than Walt. Yeah, Walt was quite easy. I think the top of his head I did with a compass. Mm-hmm. By the way, that's another thing I tell, I tell you where the, the geometric came from, you know, the use of straight lines, rulers and compasses, is I started life as, a, as an apprentice at de Havilland Aircraft Company, and I hated factory life. I couldn't, so I, after nine months, I, I left, and I didn't, my mother was, you know, she didn't know what to make of it. And um, I had actually also, I had to go to the Wrexham Technical College once a week to do technical drawing to be part of the the apprenticeship mm-hmm. and that's where I suddenly thought oh I rather like you know doing this and mm-hmm. using it but I also started doing little drawings in the corner and so um, that's how that came about that um, whole geometric technical part of my work but you see the other thing I like to do, which is also, it's about surprising myself by whacking paper with uh, ink full mm-hmm. br- brush, you know, mm-hmm. and just whacking it down and then leaving it to dry. It, it gives, it becomes a conversation I have mm-hmm. to have with the paper, you know. Mm-hmm. So Say that, more about that, actually. How would you describe that conversation if you're kind of walking, walking us through your process a little bit? It's like the real and the unreal together in unreality and reality, having a conversation. Because the thing I've not really understood about it all is that I, I don't know completely how other people see my work. And to me, it's kind of real because I'm drawing it. But other people... It's like Wittgenstein, the German philosopher, said, 
the only the thing of real value is the thing you cannot say but if you can see it by seeing a drawing or whatever mm -hmm. that's a whole difference there you know and i think that's partly what doing a drawing is about in my uh, work is that it's a it's a way of expl explanation mm -hmm. i'm explaining my view of what i'm trying to say what i'm thinking mm -hmm. you know what the hell goes on up there i don't mm -hmm. you know Odd. So, am I making sense here? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think you actually just put your finger on on this idea of the artistry within the illustration. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's what it is, and how that idea of explaining something in a picture rather than in words mm -hmm. is because I like writing, and I've done that as well. Uh, I've had to write essays, which are which become plays or, the, you know, I've had to give speeches in different places. Mm -hmm. Oh, I went to um, 1980, I went to a sort of a festival in Aspen, Colorado. And uh, funny, I ended up going there a lot, meeting Hunter Thompson, you know. Mm -hmm. It was it was a funny kind of connection there. It's where I first met David Hockney as well in mm -hmm. And I, I, I remember going up behind him, and I they just brought out the Polaroid camera, and and the uh, the early Polaroids had this emulsion inside them, and it was so easy to move it, and I realised I could do paranoids, and that's when I first did those by accident, you know, and began to draw whoever I draw, and uh, I could then turn it into a caricature. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. So. Uh, that became paranoid because I did one of David Hockney once and uh, I went up behind him. He was wearing a white, a white peak cap. I went, David. And <laughs> he turned around and I went, click, you know, it went flashed. And he said, he won't come out, you know. <laughs> it's, it's in the Paranoids book. Yeah, it's the best one in there, really. It's just the look on his face and the catching. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a funny thing. But I always remember that line, line of his. It won't come out, you know. Um, yeah. Well, thinking about about photographs and and text, as you were just talking about, um, a lot of your drawings um, integrate some photo montage and some yeah. text. At what point is the drawing? incomplete without moving to a totally different genre i mean do you do you i think it was just i think the, the need to do something like marcel duchamp or something mm -hmm. like that you know that it's it's playing with that too as yeah. well it's it, it i think we're copycats really i mean we're going back in history so to other people mm -hmm. like i i was interested in Leonardo da Vinci, you know, and I thought I'd do it. I started that book by, I remember, I, well, how can I open it? And I thought, I remember little of my mother, say the inside of her womb, which served me well for nine months long. <laughs> and that's how the book opened on that line. And it's, uh, what was interesting was wondering how do how would I do a book? I mean, there must be so many books about Leonardo da Vinci, and I wondered how can I do it. And I thought I know I'll do it. I'll call it I Leonardo, and try to do it from my point of view. Yeah. If I were 
say him or someone like him. I ended up painting the Last Supper on the bedroom wall upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, I, I wanted to ask you, because in the series, I, Leonardo, there's, uh, there's the image, Leonardo's fear of the blank canvas. And I think every artist listening to this knows that fear. Uh, I especially- Oh, the white canvas, the fear yeah. of the white canvas, yes. Yeah, I, I especially know that fear as a writer. Um, yeah. Ever since I, I actually started doing this full time, I've been wrestling with writer's block off and on and it's yeah. been terrifying. Um, what is the blank page to you? And, and how do you conquer it, if that is even the right verb? I mean, you don't start once upon a time. That <laughs> You might start the thought multiplied in my head as I began to think about it. That's you good. See, something like that. You know, yeah, you could I might steal that. That could be the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, it, the once upon a time is terrible, twice upon a time. And then prorogation, oh, that, that word came up in government didn't it recently prorogation what i think was it well i i never really found out what it meant oh, as something the action of discontinuing a session of parliament or other legislative assembly without dissolving it ah, i see well no yes it doesn't resolve yes hmm. it's like thinking of something and say i've got an idea and you get an idea but you don't know where it's going to and it doesn't go anywhere Mm -hmm. It's somewhere like something like that. But, well, uh, so it doesn't sound like you have that many blank pages. It sounds like you fill them all up. Okay, yeah. I want to ask you about your style. Um, you can this ask is me about my style. Yeah, yeah, this is something that. Um, so when I say that that the illustrations for Animal Farm really freaked me out as a kid. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've talked about. Uh, it's either it's either the way it's described in the book or you've described it this way as exposing depravity. Um, the way that it's easier to draw, like you were saying, you know, it's easier to draw a Trump figure than a Biden figure. Um, yeah. You have this incredible manic energy in some of these mm -hmm. figures. And this, you talked mm. about this kind of explosion of ink drops. Yeah. What draws you to the depraved? I mean, are you as depraved as your work? Because I, I gather you're not. No, no, I'm purified by the drawing of somebody else who is depraved yeah. and bringing out the absolute filth of that person, you know, that person's mind and what they're, what they're thinking of doing, you know. Mm. I mean, if some figure is thinking of murder or something like that. Or all these leaders that have these, well, thoughts of attack, you know, attacking countries. I don't, I can't agree with, agree with that at all, you know. Or any conflict of any kind is, is absolutely awful. Mm -hmm. And it's just not on. And then other people get involved in it and are drawn into it against their will and often get killed because of it, you know. Well, that's pretty awful, actually. It's pretty evil, and it's it's not a it's no answer to the world to think like that. Mm? So you describe your own kind of purification by rendering that evil in other people. In a way, I do it. You might say that 
because it's printed somewhere, perhaps, that it causes unhappiness for someone, you know, maybe. In that way, it would make me a, an awful person. But the, at least most of the time, since it's a, only a drawing in ink on paper, I'm, I, I hope I'm not doing anyone any harm unless the, somebody feels guilty. <laughs> if somebody feels guilty, yeah. then they deserve it, you know. I mean, I certainly don't think that, that any harm is done by, by these drawings, but they certainly arouse something. Oh, they must do. They must do that. It's like writing. The thing is, it might be like writing a, an insulting letter to someone. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it really? You know, if you do that. Sometimes that it can be, be incredibly exciting just to, to see somebody else's passion. And your drawings have so much fire in them. Whether yeah. or not you are necessarily fiery in, in what you're trying to say. There is no mm. question that there is an incredible energy that comes from yeah. the drawings. And I think that, that that is what pulls people into them uh, and into the experience of what you're, what you're rendering, even mm. if it's something that they've never personally yes. you know, interacted well, with. At the life. very beginning of my career, when, when I started and I decided what I wanted to do was become a car, it wasn't the first thing, you know, as I say, I went, went to the Haviland and then I, mm. and I went to Woolworths. I worked in Woolworths as a, as a trainee manager. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I, I was stopped in the street by my, in Colwyn Bay in Wales, mm -hmm. where the store was. And I was sweeping, the, I had to sweep the stall. And my headmaster, old headmaster, came I said, look at you, sweeping the floors. Sweep It'll never amount to anything. <laughs> no, it never amount to anything. You should have stayed at the Haviland where you would have done something. So he really didn't. I said, I felt very ashamed, you know, at the time, this thing. But he was an awful man. I never liked him. Mm -hmm. And he used to cane boys, you know. So send Talk a, about evil. Wait for the, to go in and have a, have a weekly cane keep us in line. Well, so yeah. so how much of your career had you established by the time you started collaborating with, with Hunter S. Thompson? Uh, it was very early because it was 1970 that I went to America first. I hadn't been anywhere there before. And I was, I was actually asked to go by Dan Rettina. That was his name. It's funny, Rettina's eye, isn't it? Retina, mm -hmm. and he he was in Private Eye, where I in in England, the magazine Private Eye, mm -hmm. and I'd been working there, and uh, I just suddenly felt the need to try America, you know, mm -hmm. to see what where they could do anything there, and it was when I went in to Private Eye, Dan Rettina was there, and he said, if you ever come to America, you ought to. You can come and stay with myself and my wife, whose name was funnily enough Pam. So it was Dan and Pam. You know, <laughs> they lived in Long Island, mm -hmm. and he came. He actually came and met me at the airport and brought me back to his place. and And uh, I stayed with them for two weeks. And I thought it was time I went into New York and tried to find some work. Mm -hmm. And whilst I was still in 
with same with Dan and Pam, I was rung up by, uh, well, a Brooklyn guy, you know, it's JC Suarez, I remember his name, you know. But then, you know, he talks like this, you know, and I, 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 um, yeah, excuse me, he's someone. Yeah, yeah. How do you like to go to Kane's, can't say, Kentucky, meet an ex Hells Angel who just shaved his head? I says, Well, who's that? Hunter S. Thompson. Uh, who? who? Th Thompson or Johnson? I wonder. I thought he said Hunter S. Johnson. <laughs> so yeah, it was. He's, he's all the way in, you know, Montana. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I said, so, Okay, it sounds interesting. So when I came to America, that idea was to, to get Nick, Nixon impeached. And um, so it was 1970, so it's around the time, you know. Was, and the other thing, they were going to take on the kitchen, the dirty kitchens of New York. Hmm. That were two of their, their things that we're going to. Um, like, literally, the dirty kitchens? Hmm? That's not were? a metaphor? Literally, the dirty kitchens? They are dirty. They were at one time. Yeah. In, yes, in the early, well, 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. Apparently, it was filthy. You know, some of the places were. Mm -hmm. Really bad. They were well. They stopped all that. I mean, you wouldn't get away with it these days. And kind mm -hmm. of, there was no, there were no standards to to right. live up to or whatever. You know. Well, Lovely. so once you started this, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've talked about this a lot, um, but the way that that you illustrated Hunter's words, it feels like a kind of alchemy of the two coming together. And I'm curious how that collaboration started. I mean, did you, did I you, think it did was you give most, pages? It and, couldn't have been more opposite. Yeah. We was, I was the innocent abroad. Mm -hmm. And he was this ex-Hells Annual who just shaved his head. And he really wanted to write more than he did, but he was looking for, he wanted an artist that would be able to, I think he thought of asking someone else. I'm trying to think who it was now. And uh, they, he, oh, he, he was going to do it, but apparently he was on his way to England to, <laughs> to go to a cartoon festival. Oh, that's good. Never go to cartoon festivals <laughs> in other countries. He might be needed. You yeah. know, some funny Englishman that. might take your place. I got because of, because he was not there. Mm -hmm. He was the man that Hunter wanted. There's a name I've forgotten. Yeah, so his history um, clearly. <laughs> yes, but uh, it was funny having his. When I met Hunter, we it took us a couple of days to meet up to get. I was there for. And I kept going and saying, "Has he turned up yet?" And he hadn't turned up, mm -hmm. but he he was always a bit uncertain in everything he did, you know. Mm -hmm. When he saw me, he said, my God, they said you were weird, but not that weird. <laughs> what made you weird? Uh, I had a little goatee beard at the time. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> that, but they didn't have beards in Kentucky at that time, mm -hmm. 1970. But the, everybody has beards and things. I, I don't have anything. It was the other thing. He said, my God, it's a matted head geek with string warts. What are string warts? Yeah, I don't know. I wanted to, I never found out what string warts were. <laughs> oh, and by the way, someone who said, 
my God, they said, when they saw the first thing we did together, this is pure gonzo. Mm -hmm. Hunter said, gonzo? What the fuck's gonzo? Mm -hmm. you know, it, we never found out, actually, then. But yeah. since then, we found out it's a Portuguese word, and it means hinge. So hinge, we reckon, and unhinged. You know, mm -hmm. when things are a bit crazy, mm -hmm. I think that's where it's come from. Yeah. Well, and it has an entirely new meaning now. For, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, guns, guns, guns of journalism, yeah. Yeah. I don't know who's doing it now, but I suppose somebody must be. More and more people, actually. Yeah, doing. Um, well, they're, they're going off the rails doing it, you know, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, See no, how I'm... crazy, how gonzo-ish can you get? No. Yeah. Yeah, I not think. as, it doesn't feel like you can go as gonzo now as you could in the 60s. Unfortunately. No, the 70s, yeah, 70s is when it started. Okay, I have a couple more questions and then I'll, I'll let you go. Yeah. You've been very generous with your time. <laughs> um, so uh, you said in an interview, we talked, maybe we talked a little bit about this already. Um, you said in an interview that Nixon had a particularly great face to draw. Yeah. Um, that it was a, a good face to caricature. Well, because it meant like a skis, you know, Went like a ski slope mm -hmm. and became a nose at the end, you know, which is a, it just seemed like an easy one to draw. Yeah. You know? What are your other favorite faces to draw? Uh, mm, Sigmund Freud. Mm -hmm. I like drawing him. I'll tell you something I've done since I've been back to Vienna to Sigmund Freud's old house. Mm -hmm. And, um, I was let in by the caretaker, you know, and he said, I know what you want. You want to go down and see the consulting room, don't you? It's downstairs. And it was down in the cellar, you know, downstairs. Mm -hmm. And the old wallpaper from the 30s mm -hmm. that had been there since Freud was there was still on the wall. Now I can probably send you a picture that I did by lying on the floor to imagine what it was like to be on... Sigmund Freud's couch mm -hmm. and I looked up on this square it's geometric in a way you know soft geometry mm -hmm. you know the 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 wall yeah. and not 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 very colored more linear but it had been there since the 30s they hadn't changed anything they kept it exactly as it was when Freud was there mm -hmm. so I I have one last question and this is probably a, a, a doozy. <laughs> um, you, you put at the end of your book, and you wrote, you wrote this just this past July, so you know, right in the heart of the pandemic. Oh, yeah. You said, quote, to finish on a high note, I think we are all seriously doomed. Um, which is what, yeah. uh, just to interject, which is what from looking at your drawings, I would kind of expect you to say. And then you say, listen for the blackbird, which has the most beautiful song you can imagine. That's right, yeah. And that is so lovely. And it's such a nice centering, I feel, for your, for your viewer yeah. to look for incredible beauty, even in the midst of all of this doom. This going on, yes, terrible, isn't it? Yeah. And I mean, is this... Well, it's a finish on a high note, is yeah. it? The, the bird. 
the bird, yeah. yeah. The blackbird is the best. Blackbird's the most beautiful voice. An incredible sound. So is that how you process the doom? How should we uh, all process the doom? It's amazing how, how op optimistic some people are and they can actually make you laugh mm -hmm. and feel so much better. And we can never really know what's going to happen, particularly over the next 12 months. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think this last 12 months, or rather nine months, few months, six months, I've never felt so bad, you know. I think I, I never imagined anything could get like this. Yeah. And the terrible sadness have been, and the, bad, and the way we have a report every night for how many people have died and and how many people have caught it, and it's hideous. It's it's worse than I was because I, I was in the Blitz in the last war, you know, in Liverpool. Mm -hmm. That's where we, my mother and father, went. They they um, well, they actually eventually had to. We, that's why we ended up in in Wales, was away from Liverpool, the Wallasey, you know. Liverpool was the, the place, you know, the Beatles came from. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I went on the Beatles tour with my yeah. husband yeah. in Liverpool last year. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, oh, it oh, you, you know, you know, the, you know, the artists, you know, don't you? Oh, yeah. You know how they talk. Yeah. <laughs> they talk like that, you know. So um, it was it was that sort of, uh, well, the, the bird song would be, a, it's very optimistic. It's a wonderful sound. In fact, I've got I've got a, a little pot thing that I fill with water and blow it out out upon, and it makes bird noises. It, mm. And in fact, I go outside into the garden and blow it with, you know, give it a good blast. If there's bird, are there, there are birds singing, it will stop them singing. Mm. But if I just go on for a bit, you know. Well, so that I haven't, if I've interrupted them or whatever, they suddenly take up and become part of the, yeah. oh, here it is. It needs water in it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's incredible. It's quite nice, isn't it? Yeah. I've had that for years, and it's just a nice thing to, to sort of associate with well, the drawings and things I've done, you know, mm -hmm. having one of those. It's like going out looking for birds to draw or something. Yeah. Hunting for, going out hunting with one of these and, and then killing birds, you know. Yeah. That's well, another yeah, contradiction. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how people can do it, go out shooting things. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. People say, they think, look at my drawings, and they say, he must be very violent. I don't know, it's funny, the, the opposite is true. I, I don't have, have violence, you know, except for something like Trump. I think I could put a, a flan in, you know, with a, with a custard pie. I could do that. I'd enjoy doing that. That would be great. But I and, think uh, that knowing that, actually, knowing that about you, lets me go back to my 12 year old self and look at those drawings again from animal farm and and oh, kind yeah. of look for the bird song in 
what appears to be so violent. Oh yeah. See that there's that there's a an underlying compassion for the for the viewer and mm. and for the source material that is going to change the way I look at your work honestly. At least I haven't left you with an awful impression of me. No, god, on the contrary, on the contrary. No. I love your work. I love your work. But oh, now I'm not scared of it anymore. So, let's <laughs> get Oh good. Oh god, that's good. <laughs> Well, okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. And I really look forward to... Well, I hope I've given you something, you know. Yes. Yeah. Lots yeah. of great stuff. Have a nice chat. It's such a pleasure. Bye-bye now.